So, Kaylee, um, I'm going to make an educated guess, but I'm guessing you didn't watch the NFL draft. Am I right? <laughs> I did not. I did not watch that. I assume so. Okay, okay. So, uh, my husband is a big football fan for all of you who don't know my husband, Drew. And so, the NFL draft is a big deal. It's like a really big deal in our household. And so, all weekend it was on. And I'm not really much for watching it, but I fell asleep. And on Sunday morning, Drew was like, hey, Alexis, I recorded a, a pick for you. And I was like, okay. And so he plays me the pick, and it's James Rode Rodriguez, who's doing the pick for the Tennessee Titans. I know, right? I wish you guys could see Kaylee's face. She's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so it's he, apparently he's a huge Tennessee Titans fan. And he comes out on the stage, and I, I, I need to preface this with, Psych was canceled in 2014. As we sit here today, it is 2022. So that was eight years ago. Math? Oh my gosh. Yes. Eight years ago that Psych got canceled. James Rode Rodriguez is part of a very popular show right now called Million Little Things, where he is essentially one of the stars. And yet, when they announced him, they announced him, James Rode Rodriguez, the star of Psych. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Well, the franchise is ongoing. Oh, yeah. But, like, the the whole fact that they just completely ignored that he has a very popular show that he's starring in now, and instead they're like, you know what, everyone loves him from? Psych. I mean, 15, what, 16 years almost? Like, it's an ongoing, like, I mean, no shade to a million little, little things, but uh, it's not psych. No, <laughs> but I thought you'd find that hilarious. I almost texted you this week, like, I look up that draft, but I was like, oh, no, I'm saving that for the cold open. I want Kaylee's natural reaction. Ooh, yeah. It would have it would have made, made my weekend, too. But, I mean, I'm not mad he waited, for sure, for sure, for sure. It was really funny because he happened to be the 69th pick. Um, and so... He goes, and the 69th, Ayo, the 69th pick of the draft for the Tennessee Titans. And I was like, of course, he makes that joke. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> oh, children. Always no. children. But uh, should we start the podcast? Yeah, let's, let's get her going. This is to, to the blueberry. So as we always do, let you guys know, this is a psych rewatch podcast. My name's Alexis. I'm the Gus. And I'm here with my best friend, Kaylee, who is the Sean. I'm the Sean. <laughs> She's so the Sean. But we're going to talk to you guys about our favorite television show, Psych. And uh, we're on episode three of season one. Speak now or forever hold your peace. And peace is spelled weird, right? I didn't just make that up. No, it's totally spelled. And I okay. I mean, for how many times Lassie went for his gun, I'm guessing <laughs> they mean peace as in like <laughs> gun. But I mean, before you watch that, you're like, I don't know. What is that person holding? <laughs> I actually assumed that the peace was the ring. See, I guess I'm, I'm, my brain went to a different place. That's okay. Because Lassie, Lassie. <laughs> Like, reaching for his gun, and then Juliet going, you're not going to shoot him, are you? That was, that was so beautiful. <laughs> well, I also, I mean, I thought you could take it in a, in a much more juvenile way, but, um, I mean, either of ours works. Never mind. <laughs> One day off this podcast, we should, uh, we should talk about that. Because no. <laughs> I'm confused. But it's okay. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> so, we open up, like we do in many episodes, with Henry and little Sean. It's a 1985 flashback. And this is third episode, Lil Sean number three. And I do think this one sticks around for a while. I think so too. There's at least one more after him, but this little one sticks around for a while. And he's so, 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 so cute. Yeah. He, His hair is crazy. <laughs> he's the best Sean. He's the best little Sean in my book. Um, and we still don't have another little Gus yet, but he's apparently off camera. They're playing hide and go seek. Yes. And Henry's killing me in this part okay so little sean's walking around slamming doors opening cabinets slamming cabinets and just going through the whole house and henry's like what on earth are you doing and he's like we're playing hide and seek he goes not in this house you're not and he's like what are you talking about you said we could well apparently he's not doing it right henry doesn't think he's playing right because if you don't know where your purpose 
he shouldn't get to know where you are. So you take off your loud, flippy, floppy sandals. Exactly. You get down on the floor when you're creeping around to look around corners because... Because they're expecting to see you up here. Yeah. But they're not looking for you down here. So you'll see them first. You'll have an edge. Um, you pull a door closed. You don't slam it. I don't know if that's all, but basically he makes Sean start practicing these things. He's like, if, if you're going to play, play right or don't bother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> play right, Sean, or don't play at all. That was the quote that I wrote down. I just wrote, dear Lord, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean starts doing it, and then Henry goes, he's not in here. Yeah. <laughs> So Sean can then move on to the rest of the house, but he's still doing it. He's still doing his little, he's so cute, barefoot little boy creep around. He's little walking on the, walking on the balls of his feet. Oh my gosh. Um, which it. is perfect because that, that segues into modern um, day. Sean, Sean in modern day in the police station. And he's doing that very thing. He's doing what Tem- Henry taught him to do. He's walking on the balls of his feet. He's staying low. And he happens to be following Lassie and Juliet and the chief and some other random police officers. I don't think it was the chief. Oh, chief wasn't with them? No, it was some blonde lady was <laughs> with right, the well, police badge. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Yeah, and he's, he's um, eavesdropping. Apparently, they, there's a, a heist. Yes. They said that word very quickly. It's a heist. They have to keep it under wraps. Something about the attorney general's son's wedding. We're not getting all the facts, but before they walk away to go reconvene elsewhere, Lasseter says to a guy, get the board. So they already have like a, a board worked up with like important information, evidence, suspects, persons of interest, whatever. And so Sean also gets a quick sneaky peek at this um, and gets some, like, case highlights. So Gus comes, and Sean is hiding behind, like, a pillar. And Gus comes up beside him and kind of peeks around the pillar. He he asked Sean what he was doing, and Sean told him that he was tailing Lassie to get information on the case. And Gus said, tailing cops in a police station? (laughs) (laughs) So the board comes out, and Sean starts, like, checking out the board and you know using his hyper his hyper observancy to recognize that there's stuff on the board that's important and he starts rattling stuff off to to Gus and Gus is like are we looking at the same thing because Gus didn't catch anything like that from that board (laughs) but he also says man we already have a case we just got one from the chief to which Sean is instantly like can we can we not that's lame I was falling asleep in there don't tell me you weren't falling asleep in there (laughs) and I think this is where the chief enters yeah, she's so like, I told you to wait in my office. Chief comes in and Sean is trying to talk her into letting them help with the heist. She said, solve the case that I gave you. And so Sean opens up his folder of information. He looks at it for all of what, three seconds maybe? And then goes, mm-hmm. the secretary did it. And Chief is just like, how do you know that? You barely looked at anything. Um, Sean starts falling into his old ways and just starts rattling off why the secretary did it. And then Gus had and to like... Gus hits him. Yeah, Gus had to yeah. hit him and remind him to be psychic. And that's when he lets his hand have a little spasm. And he's mm-hmm. like, I feel it's in the ink. It's heavy and, and squid-like. But uh, she says she has to check in on it. And he's not getting another case assignment until it's all wrapped up pretty nice. So no dice. So Sean really wants to follow the heist. And I had a a huge moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so Burton Guster because at the end of that scene, Gus said, we'll do whatever the chief says, period. Like Gus did not want to break the rules. Gus did not want to do something different. He wants to follow the rules and do what chief told him. And Sean wants to get his way, and he knows he's right. Yeah. So <laughs> he's going to do the Kaylee thing and get in his way. Which is exactly what he does, because he sneaks into <laughs> an interrogation room where the bride, the groom, and the maid of honor. We will soon learn. Yeah, she's the groom's sister, maid of honor, wedding planner. And Sean reads all of this from meeting her the pictures around you know reading the room and so he's like playing up his psychicness to them and he's he's repping himself as like the head psychic for the sbpd and um they're like thank you so much for helping like they're instantly like ah yes you belong here Mm -hmm. so he's already got an in and then just talking to them for a minute he gets an invite to come and help like on scene with the case because what has happened is the five carat diamond ring that has been in the attorney general's family 
or 200 years, we'll find out, um, has been stolen from the hotel after the rehearsal dinner or whatever. And, uh, and so that's the big, that's the big heist. There's been a jewelry heist, y'all. Yes. One of my favorite lines from that particular scene when Sean psychically realizes that the maid of honor does all these things, he says, that's so many hats. And she said, you should see my closet. (laughs) And he goes, I'm hoping to. (laughs) I know. He always gets one of those in there. He, He gets another one like that near the end too. Yeah. Yeah. This is when Lassie and Jules come in and sort of break up Sean's little party. And Lassiter is, he's like really uncouth in front of these people. He's like, what the hell is this? And I'm just like, Lassie, play it cool maybe? Like what the, dude. And he essentially starts manhandling Sean. Oh my God. As soon as he gets him out of that room, he legit slams him into a wall. Lassie's got Sean pushed up against the wall and he says something along the lines of, I'll throw every book I find at you or every book I have at you. And Sean goes, what if it's the Bible? You're going to throw that at me too? That seems kind of sacrilegious, doesn't it? And he's like, he's posturing in his own little ineffectual way because as soon as Lassiter walks away in frustration, he's like clutching his shoulder in pain (laughs) and he was like trying so hard not to show. And this is where we get our opening credits. And I have to say, we are not at this time, at the time of this recording, sponsored by Peacock, but the show is free on Peacock and that's where I'm watching it. Oh. And it has a skip intro button. And every time I see it, I just think, how rude. Like, why would you skip this intro? I would never. I'm currently watching on Amazon Prime and I have that option as well. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever use that button. Yeah, no. No, no, no. It's too much fun to sing along. I will say, I, I do a lot on Peacock these days. I'm like, I'm all in. It's psych time. The first two movies of psych are free on Peacock. The third one's behind the paywall, but I'm going to get there eventually. But I also <laughs> watch Murder, She Wrote in Columbo. Like, Aww. and I can't wait to show you the shrine to fictional detectives I'm about to make in this room. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't want to spoil anything. I just got all the pictures and all the frames in the mail and I, I just have to put it together, but I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I'm pumped, pumped to see yes. that. If we ever get social media, it, it will be witnessed. Sean ends up calling Gus on the phone, but Sean doesn't have his phone because he left it in Gus's car. Along with a tuna sandwich. I hope you found that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he's using the the phone that's like in the cell at the police station. First of all, I don't know that there's a phone in a cell at the police station. Right. Um. Second of all, when he walks away, he says, thanks, Strangler. And walks away. I thought it was Stabber. Oh, that's exactly right. It was Stabber. (laughs) He's even in the credits as Stabber. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Again, more than one viewing. So you know what I did too this time too. I I had a inkling of where the pineapple might be, but I couldn't find it the first time, and I'm still not sure that I found it the second time. I. I think I found it. I think they made it just apparent enough that when I was looking really, really close, and this, I'm going to call this viewing two and a half because I thought I found it in the second viewing and I was tempted to rewatch for a third time um, because I was just having so much fun and didn't want to watch another episode. I went back to like the last third or quarter of the episode and just like watched from there because um, I do think it's pretty late in the game. Okay. What I found, actually, I, at first I thought it was in Henry's Fruit Bowl at the very beginning of the episode. But I actually don't think it was. Yeah. But the one I found was much later on in the game as well. So I think maybe yeah, so I think maybe we found it. I think we landed on the same one. Yeah. Um, we're at the hotel now and Sean is kind of eavesdropping again. And Lassie's getting sort of dressed down by the attorney general. And this guy seems uber rich. And I'm just like, mm, do I trust a law enforcement person who's uber rich? Well, I mean. I don't think I do. He does have a $5 million ring. I thought it was insured for three mil. Man, I actually wrote down $5 million this time. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know how insuring things work because <laughs> nothing I have is worth three mil. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, and this is a family heirloom, but it's a really, and we call this Russia Shaw in my family. Like <laughs> it's a real Russia Shaw sort of a hotel. And, uh. So I just, I don't know. I feel like they're, again, they're really, really rich. He's a a criminal, he's in criminal law. I assume his son is too. We found out later, you know, some of this stuff. But so Lassie's getting a dressing down from the attorney general. Sean is trying 
trying to blend in, but he gets spotted by a security personnel person. And mm-hmm. instantly he clocks that this guy's like, probably not the touchy-feely, gonna believe in a psychic type. So he goes the route of, um, this guy has a mask and some gloves. And let me tell you, in the age of COVID, I mean, this would be a lot harder. Yes. But, <laughs> but he clocks that this guy uh, in the early aughts is uh, a germaphobe. So he starts spewing all kinds of scary nonsense about their spores man their spores in the walls and in this planter and in the safe room and in that safe room is going to be a triage center if you don't get me in there and the guy's like but the cops are in there C- can we let them finish first and he's like you tell them to hurry yes <laughs> but that was kind of genius because sean essentially got access to the entire hotel that way yeah he he can just come and go as he pleases and at least this security person's not going to stop him right and we find out later he's got multiple cons going with multiple personnel in the hotel mm-hmm. so they're in the war room where we're in the war room with all the police officers and <laughs> uh, lassie is giving his like presentation of what's going on and they're talking about how they're watching the footage of the uh, um, of them putting the ring into the safe at the hotel. It's what, like a nine second video, right? It's, it's a very yeah, short it's, piece of footage. It's very short. So Lassiter starts telling his assumptions and his theories. And at one point he said, my best theory right now is that someone built a scale replica of this room being the safe room. <laughs> uh, and they put it into the video footage. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then Sean laughs out loud. Because Sean is hiding in the vent. He's just above Lassiter. But Lassiter's like, there are nine different glitches in this footage. Like, static moments or whatever he says. Because <laughs> Juliet's just always like, glitches? Mm-hmm. Really? That's your best lead? So she's kind of pushing back, but not getting any respect for voicing any of her own ideas or concerns. But she's not cowed by bossy lassie pants, is what I wrote. But poor Buzz has to take the burden for Sean laughing at Lassie, and I feel so badly. Well, he gets, I feel like he got shafted for sticking up and supporting Juliet's concern that Lassiter's lead theory is a little far-fetched or out of bounds of, you know, reality a bit. And so when Buzz backs her up, saying it does seem a little far-fetched, Lassie tells him he can go and fetch him some coffee since he's so good at it and i was like oh poor buzz yeah sean giggling in the vent i just i could not so sean gets some good info from that and then the next scene is um julia at lunch yeah and sean busts in on her her lunch (laughs) did you notice though when he saw her he like brushed off his shoulders real fast and he kind of put himself together like he was prepping for her oh no i didn't it was it was really kind of subtle and very cute um i think maybe in the moment I thought it was him prepping for Juliet, but now that I think about it, he was probably wiping off the dust from being in the vents. Oh. (laughs) But I did not put that together until this very moment. I've heard it both ways. (laughs) He wants to sit down and he's like, oh, you look stressed. Is it it work trouble? I'm sensing sensing work trouble. Let me read your palm. And she says, how about the one finger? (laughs) So he has to he has to charm her a little bit more first. And then eventually she does relent and they do a palm reading. And I was going to say, I just wrote, oops, I'm charmed. <laughs> <laughs> the very oh. first thing that Sean reads on her palm, he goes, air supply? Really? Really? <laughs> I was so, like, good pop culture pop reference. reference. <laughs> Ultimately, Sean is like, oh, I can, I feel like you're feeling like you're different. This place is different than you expected it to be. You expected this place to be different, but it's just like all the other places yeah like, they're not respecting your ideas they always think you're too young i don't remember how this scene ends i think with just them like giggling and staring at each other's eyes or just sort of like we weren't just accidentally holding hands and having a moment but the next thing we see is um gus at work and oh no his cat is in peril and the vet says his presence might make all the difference and i can't believe you're not going he's not going and there's like three women in his doorway <laughs> I feel like he's a monster for yes. his not going to his cat's side. And he goes outside and sitting on the blueberry is Sean. I have a cat now. Um, I forget the cat's name. I didn't write oh. it down. Oh, um, yes, you have a cat. It's Pickles. an orange tabby named Pickles. Mrs. Pickles, to be exact. I don't even get a boy cat. No. And boy cat comes back. It does. It does. <laughs> I'm so excited. But Gus gets tied in at the last second because 
Sean mentions that there was a time lock safe that the that the ring was stolen out of, and it instantly piques Gus's interest. And he's this is like, a safe case. This is a, this is a safe cracking case. And he's like, "Oh, did I forget to mention that? What kind of safe was it? Uh, yeah, it was like the the hydro the hydro seven hundred. The seven hundred is out. That's impossible." <laughs> No one can break that. Oh my gosh. I love it. So he's telling Gus that, that Lasseter has this far-fetched idea that it's something as highbrow as like Ocean's Eleven or the Thomas Crown Affair or that remake with Donald Sutherland where they kill him in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of pop culture just like stuffed right in there. But then they head back to the hotel and they run into the chief. And the chief kindly points out that they brought the secretary in, which was from the original case. And immediately the secretary cracked. And that yeah. absolutely was her. Yep. They didn't even get their first question out, apparently. And then the chief kind of just gives Sean and Gus her blessing to go ahead and see what's going on. But in her perfectly chief way, like, do your thing. Get me results. Don't get in anybody's way. Don't make a spectacle. Don't bother me. She says, let me be perfectly clear. I didn't see you and we didn't talk. Call me if you have something. <laughs> I like, love chief. Jake, I love her so much. And that's what they say. She walks away and Sean just goes, I love her. And Gu- Gus, Gus agrees. Yeah, Gus says something back and I meant to write it down and I forgot. I think he just said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she's so perfect. And she was almost pleading there at the end, I mm-hmm. think. She's like, please just get something done. Sean has to get the person working behind the desk on board with helping them. So... They're walking up to the front desk and Sean is just waving at the guy behind the desk and Gus is like, you know him? And mm-hmm. Sean goes, he doesn't believe in psychics. I had to lay some groundwork. And so when they go up, we find out that Kaylee's making this face. This guy is an Anglophile and <laughs> Sean somehow found this out. Oh, he's got a he's got a Union Jack sticker on the back of yes. his binder. So Sean's pretending to be from Interpol. He says, I was recruited when I was... 15 in North Africa and I think Gus is like can't you even pretend to have a British accent (laughs) I started with my British accent and I cleverly moved directly into my American accent and Toby gave him pointers apparently you Americans like to say howdy a lot (laughs) and then a pretty girl walks by and he just goes howdy (laughs) the gentleman who had been working behind the counter leaves to complete a task or whatever for Sean and Sean and Gus walk straight to the back. Sean starts making keys and Gus goes, are you making keys? And he goes, Gus, this is so easy. Try making a key. And as a person who made keys for her job for seven years, it's usually not that easy. I just want to put it out there. (laughs) Um, Now, maybe I just used really crappy software, but... Okay, I'm done. (laughs) But he's making the keys based on his suspect list, and Gus says, everyone on this list is a member of the wedding party. So it was an inside job. So they start keying into rooms, and the first room they key into, Sean looks in, goes, nope, not him, and closes the door. And this is a very good, like, explain it to your Watson and and (laughs) your audience by proxy. And he's like, Uncle Leo didn't do it. It, Like, take a look. Let's give you the remedial course. He's got, like... His money, his change, his keys, and his wallet out on the bedside table. Criminals are sneaky, paranoid, (laughs) sketch people. They're not going to trust other people because they know what's out there. Leo, Uncle Leo, has a reason to be trusting. It's not him. The next room they key into is the bridal suite. And there are people. (laughs) Yeah, there's like a bridal party going on. And this is the first time that Sean introduces Gus as a name. Now, he introduces him as Gus and then goes, you can just call him Peter Panic. (laughs) Well, he was blaming Gus for them entering the room because he said that the door was open and Mm -hmm. that made them nervous and scared that something was wrong. The groom is like, oh, so you're a psychic too. And Sean tells them that Gus is a safe expert. (laughs) But he gets distracted by a pretty girl and then he calls the online publication concerning safes the uh, comic book. (laughs) It's an online magazine and a trade publication. (laughs) So then Sean has a moment with sister maid of honor girl. Her name is Lily. I got a name this time. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, I I have a a name I'm going to give her later on, but... 
basically he's like how do you fit into this like legal eagle family uh, so i'm assuming that her brother is also going into law and following their father's footsteps but she's like you know i started my criminal law degree and then i came to my senses and i went to europe and i ate and slept and drank and i sank a boat and i was like this girl sucks <laughs> i hate this person she like went off to school with all this privilege using daddy's money and then was like i don't like it i'm not gonna choose something else i'm just gonna go and like live and like sink a boat i'm sorry i don't like her <laughs> foreshadowing everyone that person always sucks i don't care what else they do in their life so anyway the bride and groom introduce sean as the psychic working on the case and to the attorney general, yeah. Yeah, he mad. He does not like that. <laughs> He's like, I'm actually really comfortable with the uh, direction the case is taking already with the police, so um, I won't actually be needing your assistance. And he kind of escorts him through the door. They go to their next room to key into. And again, as a person who keyed into rooms for a living for seven years, I am the Gus. Because Sean goes to key in and Gus knocks. <laughs> and Sean goes, <laughs> see? This is why I can't do this without you. Is that why he said that? I didn't realize. Yeah. Okay. Because they knocked. knocked. In in my in my former life, um, you had to knock three times before you could key into a room. So it was very annoying. So oh, oh, they're in Lassie's okay, so they end up in Lassie's room and I wrote down three million dollar insurance on the ring. So you I wrote down two different numbers. That's on me. You were right. Oh, cool. <laughs> I have a, a mind for numbers. No, I don't. There we go. That's there a we lie. Go. <laughs> so they start going through the um, folders that Lassie has the statements. I think that is. Yeah. So. And they have the evidence tapes as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everything's right there. And Sean is like on Lassie's bed, making himself comfortable. And Gus is uncomfortable, but he starts looking through the folders too. And then Sean says, do you have anything? And Gus says, unfortunately, I think I do. That's where the $3 million insurance policy comes in because Gus notices that the attorney general dad had, in fact, insured the ring for $3 million. And that money, in case of, like, loss or theft, goes directly to him as long as he still owns it. Which he only does until the wedding actually happens. Which is tomorrow. Yeah. So now attorney general's looking a little sus. Is this insurance fraud or whatever? And then they say, well, I got to see this safe because they're watching the, the tape mm -hmm. of the like the video again. And Sean's like, I'm not getting enough from this. This isn't giving me what I need. We got to go see that safe. So then they're trying to make their way through the hotel. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. While they're in the suite, the bellboy comes in and he catches oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean and Gus in the room and he gets freaked out because he forgot to knock and he immediately assumes that Sean is chief detective Lassiter. So again, this is con number three at this point of Sean having people believing he is something other than he is. But when they want to go see the safe, Gus said, there's no way someone could break into the Hydro 700 without leaving some sort of visible mark. And so they go to try to find the safe and Sean said, how, how close do you have to be? <laughs> yeah the only way to get there because all the access points are blocked they're gonna have to go through the vents so his idea is to get i don't know above it <laughs> they something. have to go up the dumbwaiter to that staff and then it's two rights and a left and we'll be there so they're going into like this back kitchen area and they go to open the dumbwaiter oops there's a dead guy <laughs> and then um gus is instantly like whimpering and like holding his mouth he's like mm. <laughs> So they're like, put him back, put him back, let's get out of here. And Sean's phone is ringing, and it's Henry. So we do get more of Henry in this episode. They, the, Sean and Gus, like, are trying to fight out of getting the phone out of Sean's interior pocket. And it's just, like, a really funny moment between the two of them. That, it just helps with that relationship grow. And a kind plus of there. plus physical comedy. Yeah, also. <laughs> it's very good. But, but it's Henry. And Henry is trying to get Sean to come to the house to get trophies. Yeah, Sean was apparently all gung-ho about getting some of his old, like, wintery stuff out of Henry's house. And, and Henry went through the trouble of getting it all down. And it's, like, in a box. And it's taking up his table. He's like, I need my table, Sean. You gotta come and get this. So Sean says, yeah, I'll be there uh, uh, tonight. No, um, tomorrow? Uh, Henry's like, okay, tomorrow or it goes outside. And it's gonna stay there until you come and get it. 
And Henry was like, okay, well, that that's all. I guess that's it, unless you have anything else for me. And Sean asks him a question that is just kind of really dumb. And Henry just straight up hangs up on him. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And that'll come back later. But <laughs> then they're walking through the hotel again, kind of trying to figure out, like, how to redirect people because the body has to be found because we saw the, the name tag. We know that this guy was the, was he, like the mater d' or something? Yeah, and he was there when the... When the safe got locked. So, yeah. And yeah. then he disappeared, so he's kind of been a suspect. But they accidentally run into um, Lassie and Jules, and Lassie starts to manhandle Sean again because he got alerted by the attorney general that Sean was sort of in the way, and he's not happy, and Lassie's not happy. But then Sean starts his psychic freakout, and he starts calling... <laughs> Calling out in agony and then calling for Gus and like just sort of like jostling his way back to the kitchen. So Lassiter reaches for his gun and <laughs> Juliet said, you aren't going to shoot him, are you? And Lassie goes, I haven't decided. So then he actually starts to manhandle Sean and they start to have like a tussle. So Sean starts calling out, the dumbwaiter, the dumbwaiter, Juliet, Juliet. So she runs to the dumbwaiter and opens it up and then the dead guy falls on her and she's like, Lassiter, come stop. And he's like not breaking away from Sean fast enough to come help her with the dead guy. She's trying to like not let fall on the floor. Eventually they end up leaving the crime scene where the dead guy was found. And because now it's swarming with cops. Right. The body's being moved to go get autopsied and, and see CSI or whatever. Yeah. Sean just looked at looks at Gus and said something along the lines of, well, that'll keep him busy. And they head back to Lassie's room. I was going to say, Gus is really uncomfortable, but Sean's like, he's not going to be back for ages. Didn't you check his messages? Which I was like, at the hotel desk or via phone? Like, how, are you hacking him now? How do you know? <laughs> there were there were a couple of inconsistencies in this episode. And I'll tell you my favorite one near the end, but that was one of them. Like, where, where did that come from? But okay. They are in Lassiter's room where the evidence tapes are, and they're watching the evidence tapes of them putting the ring into the safe again and the best man is there and no one's seen the best man for a while so they're not sure if he's sus or not but he's clearly smashed in the uh in, in the, the video. video yep they're like there's something going on and then there's a knock on the door and someone comes into the room and it's the groom dylan i, re I remember his name now because you get it a lot in this scene but so he's actually is he from the blacklist He's from some show. Girl, I don't know. Oh, girl. He's like he's like this weird ginger. And in this show, he's like, he's being such a bro. I'm like, this brosif is going to be a criminal lawyer. <laughs> but I mean, nepotism, whatever. But I mean, he's he's kind of a himbo is what I kept thinking about this character, Dylan, the groom. He's like, he seems like a good guy. He's kind of dumb. He's kind of classically what one would find pretty mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't really do it for me but i'm like he's classically attractive sure so he's a himbo right he's like dumb nice and pretty <laughs> i think those are the three classifications anyway he comes in and it turns out they are they're hosting the bachelor party because the best man was a total flake and there's no way he was gonna throw him a bachelor party and look, at this point, I think we can spoil it and say he's not a criminal. He's not the, the perp. He's just a, a, a flaky, flaky flaker. But that that's what I'm going to get. That's that's one of the points I'm going to get to at the end, just for the record. There's something that I noticed on my second watch. It's one of those weird inconsistencies that I I think was probably written in and then cut out. But OK, we'll get there. We'll come back around. But Kaylee's 100 percent right. He's not a criminal. He's not the bad guy. Yeah, he's not the bad guy. He just flaked out, um, and so he's a scrub, essentially. So the himbo groom just has terrible taste in friends. <laughs> and <laughs> then they Sean. all get drunk. <laughs> and then they all get drunk, and Sean is using this as a, a good way to pump them all for information and rule them all out as suspects. And I think the last person on their list to rule out is Dylan himself, and so Sean invites Gus to actually do the interrogation of this drunk boy. And, and when they're talking, we find out that Dylan actually doesn't like the ring. He he like super doesn't care. Yeah. He's like, my dad's all gung ho about it. He interrupted my engagement speech to my bride to be like to go and get it and make this big show out of everything. And it's like that wasn't the point. The point was I just picked the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I was like, 
himbo. (laughs) We love it. But it always has to be about dad. So uh, kind of immediately after that, Dylan passes out. Oh, but before that, he just keeps saying, seriously, you guys are the best. (gasps) Gus, ask me anything. Here, give me a little kiss. Give me a kiss. (laughs) Give me a kiss. Nothing weird on my cheek. (laughs) (laughs) But then he does pass out and they leave Lassiter's room and the bachelor party. They've ruled all the men out as suspects. And so they're like, there has to be another place for us to go where we can find more suspects. And so where do they end up? They crash the bachelorette. The scene immediately cuts to them doing shots with the bachelorette party. And then (laughs) the two of them flop onto the couch. And Gus said, none of these girls are criminals. Ultimately, that's when Lily, the maid of honor, comes up and starts flirting with Sean some more. And they decide to go for a little walk. So she takes him out of the room and they walk over to the cooler where the flowers are being stored. So we did we did miss a part. Well, we find out from the bride at one point that as soon as they put the ring in the safe, the time-locked safe, they got a call from the florist who flaked out and said, you know, I can't do your flowers, I can't do your bouquets. So they had to, like, rush, get some last-minute materials and make all their own bouquets and boutonnieres for the wedding, and they had to stay up all night to do it. So... They got rushed, it was a rush job, and then they got locked in this cooler to keep them fresh for the wedding. They are out at the cooler, and Lily is pointing, and she's like, that's my bouquet. Um, It doesn't look great, I wish I could fix it. And Sean tries to open it, and she goes, oh yeah, it's locked. I bet you could open it. You have good hands. And Sean is just like, what? And then Gus immediately walks out of the room. (laughs) He's got his shirt open yes he's covered in something he's got shaving cream around his head and he says i think i just got a lap dance by patrick swayze (laughs) and (laughs) sean's like you mean like a lookalike he's like no i'm pretty sure it was actually patrick swayze and he's like i just got danced up on you left me up there bruh i'm done i'm out I, I, i skipped a part in my notes here but they end up having a conversation where um, Sean said, you know, we're, we're gonna, we'll be able to solve this tomorrow. It's not a big deal. And Gus said, you're going to do something in two hours that the police haven't been able to do in four days. Sean said, that's, that's a good point. We better get there a half hour early. <laughs> the arrogance. Yes. Gotta love it, though. The next day, we sort of open on the bridal suite again. And I don't know how to do this intro. Pineapple hunt. So the opening on the scene of the the bridal suite, we get a little glimpse of a, a whole fruit platter. And they left enough of the top of the pineapple in the scene that I'm 100% sure that we have actually found the pineapple in this one. Yeah, that was what I had tagged as the pineapple as well. It was part of like the fruit platter that was in the bridal suite, which yeah, was and a there's really like, nice fruit platter, by the way. Yeah, like, there are various melons and there, there's something like yellowish that could be pineapple. But the clincher for me is that there's like a, a topper from the pineapple mm-hmm. at the edge. So like, yeah, we're calling this the pineapple. We found it. It's here. We hope. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> So Lily, the maid of honor, is having a freak out because the bouquets have not been delivered yet. And then when they finally do get delivered, the woman just starts passing them out at random. And oh, my gosh, these are very specific for specific people. Okay, you missed something very important. Okay, tell us something very important. He's trying to calm her down when she's like freaking out because they're not there yet. And he's like. You need to think happy thoughts. Fluffy clouds, mac and cheese, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yes, I actually actually wrote that down. I just thought that happened after the freak out. Yeah, it was like during the freak out, he's chilling her out. And then the woman comes through the door and she runs up. And she's like almost like she wants to smack the bouquet out of the mm-hmm. woman's hand. She's like, you're going to mess this up. They're for specific people. And then the bride is like, uh, I thought I was the one supposed to be freaking out on my wedding day. And then as soon as she's got her own bouquet in her hands, Lily goes, I'm sorry. I must have like sympathy, Bridezilla. 
<laughs> sympathy bride so loud come I think on the bride at one point goes she's really a nice person under yes. normal circumstances she 100 percent says that i'm like um the trying circumstances show what you truly are though <laughs> just saying the bride pulls the flower girl up to lily and said oh the flower girl doesn't want to wear the flower in her hair and lily in magic with her magic hands pulls a flower out from behind her ear but these are magic flowers and then they end up putting it in her hair and she's as happy as can be and oh it's a cute moment isn't that a cute moment she's normal and sweet with kids again so then we cut to Lassiter at the front desk getting the invoices for all of the charges to his room and it's sixteen hundred dollars sixteen hundred dollars for a junior suite he's like well the suite was a portion of that sir but it's really all the additional charges he calls him Detective Lassiter at that point. The guy behind the counter does, because then the busboy comes up and goes, that's not Detective Lassiter. What? I met him. I helped him fill the jacuzzi with champagne last night. Yes. <laughs> so then Lassiter asks the bellboy to, and I wish I knew this fellow's name, because I know front desk guy is Toby, but he asked the bellboy to um, describe Detective Lassiter as he knows him. And he describes a shorter guy, brown hair, suede jacket, so Lassiter's pretty sure he knows at this point who's masquerading as him, and he heads for the ceremony that's now taking place. And I gotta say... He said, um, if I brought him to you, would you be able to identify him? And the busboy was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be happy to do that. Oh, I'm gonna go find him. And the busboy said, oh, I know exactly where he is. He's over yeah. at the wedding right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Lassiter heads on over, and I gotta, I gotta say, though, it's... I think it's a beautiful ceremony. I like the what, the homily or whatever was happening. I wasn't paying attention. Anyway. Lassiter and Juliet walk into the ceremony and Lassiter is ready to just go grab Sean and take him down. But Juliet stops him and said, like, this can wait till after the ceremony. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, we need to be good people right now. Which is very, very good. And why Maggie Lawson does such a good job as Juliet? Because she can play to Tim so, so well. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. It's just the right amount of, like, humanity and humor and sunshine to his, like, I'm going to burn it all down. <laughs> Gus walks in behind him and goes and sits with Sean. And Gus goes, uh, they're here for you. <laughs> Sean decides, uh, oh, first, first he comments on Sean's new suit, which, by the way, he looked pretty good in. I'll, I'll agree with that, yeah. But and Gus pulls the tag out from underneath the collar. And Sean's like, no, 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 leave that, leave that. And... And puts it back in because he probably is going to return it after the wedding. <laughs> we don't know what they make on these cases or how Sean spends his money. But he says, uh, you know, they're here for you. And he's, and Sean responds, not if I solve this. And Gus asks him if he has any uh, guesses. And at this point, he sort of doesn't. And then he just, did he just like think for a minute and then go, oh, no. Gus said something about you've been too busy staring at the maid of honor who was freaking out about bouquets an hour ago. Yes. Yeah. He, so he revisits that moment in his brain and then he's like, oh no, I do have a guess. Gus goes, probability of being right? 60, 65%. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> and he's like, but they're going to leave. So then there's a moment of silence. They're fighting this whole time during the moment of silence. People but are then telling the them to be quiet. <laughs> The officiant says, um, if there's no reason for these two people to be together, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll chestnut. So Sean's like, I can't, I can't keep it in. And spectacle ensues. So Sean's having his freak out. I know who it is. I know what happened. And Juliet picks up her walkie. Lassie's like, what are you doing? And she looks at him and goes, calling the chief. Because <laughs> Juliet knows. She already knows, like, at this point, he's just about to tell us what happened, and it's going to be right, so. Sean starts his synopsis. He's talking about how everything happened, the um, engagement happened. Lily was so excited because she knew that she was going to get Grandma's ring. She's the oldest girl. She was always Grandma's favorite. And then the attorney general throws a curveball. No, a slider. <laughs> and gets out the ring and gives it to the bride instead. He he describes that ring as her future, 
And I was just like, oh, she sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, no, now I have to do crime because my rich family isn't just going to give me money to not make my own way. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I, I hate this woman. Sean's trying to explain how she ended up in possession of the ring. And from the video footage of them putting the ring into the safe, you can see that there was kind of a a fumble. Somebody tripped and Lily, the the best man tripped, although I think Lily pushed him. That's my opinion. But Mm. the best man fumbles. There's a fumble with the ring. Lily catches the ring box. And Sean said, but you have magic hands. I was really looking forward to those on Friday night. <laughs> and and she had used the same sleight of hand trick that she had used to pull the flower out of the flower girl's hair to snatch the ring and palm it. And then there was another curveball because that's when the floor is called and flaked out. And they were going to have to stay up all night in a room with each other making bouquets so she couldn't stash the ring that was in her palm but she needed to be free and clear so that's when she had the idea to hide it in the bouquet she was making and that's why it was so important for her to get that specific one she starts denying it there's no way our our date on friday's off i didn't do that you have no evidence and gus said well the only evidence i do have is that bouquet gus hand it over I love how you mix up Sean and Gus. <laughs> I can't I can't stop doing that. Sean said the only evidence we do have is that bouquet. Just hand it over and we'll look and we'll see. And she starts running. Seriously? In those heels? <laughs> She's running in those heels? And then Gus is like, do we have to chase her now? <laughs> so they start chasing her. Juliet and Lassiter are chasing her. And there's a little old woman sleeping. Is that grandma, do you think? I, yeah, I want to say that's probably grandma. It's somebody's grandma. <laughs> There's a little old lady sleeping and Lily ends up tripping over her foot and the bouquet goes flying and Gus catches it. Her full body spanks are on display as she topples yes. over the table. Yes. <laughs> Sean, Sean looked at Gus and said, dude, you're next. But I need to go back to the ceremony really quickly. Ooh. So when Sean is having his psychic moment and he's talking to dad about the ring, talking to the attorney general about the ring. If you look right behind the attorney general, there's a person sitting there and both of their arms are in casts. And I think that's the best man. Oh, snap. Because the up on the, up at the, 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 up at the front, you know, at the, whatever people, the lineup, the best man that we saw in the video isn't up there. And there's a guy sitting there with two broken arms. And so I'm assuming that that was written into the story that like we find out what happened to the best man and it ended up getting cut out. Oh, because genius. I don't know why else there'd be a guy with two broken arms sitting there. And it him. did like it was kind of glaring that they never explained where the best man disappeared to, it, what kind of shenanigans he got into, or did he get locked in a room or like nothing. So good catch i love that okay i'm glad that came back thanks not too much happened after this i just wrote down that i called uh lily the maid of dishonor and then then we see them back at sbpd and sean and gus are walking by and you can see actually lily is at the counter in handcuffs in the background as they're walking through talking to each other and and they're talking about what happened after the ceremony like they did end up getting married everything got tied up really cute and then Gus says, I think it was a little inappropriate for you to give the speech. And Sean says, well, the best man wasn't available and it was good practice for your wedding. To which Gus responds, oh, you are not going to be my best man. And Sean's like, oh, come on, buddy. I've already got the song I'm going to sing at the ceremony picked out. You still like to Nugent, right? (laughs) So we end on a funny, light, high note. Um, Everything's wrapped up real cute and... That's the end of the episode. Okay. Sorry. Okay, so. I, I've been fighting that for like like probably 30 minutes now. And I was like, nope, can't, can't, got to. Let's go. <laughs> You're notorious for your bathroom breaks. Yeah. That, that's the, the bulk of the synopsis. Um, you may have noticed that I was missing out of a good bit of that. And that's because I had to pee, everyone. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> so, uh, Kaylee, did we make any other, did we miss any other pop culture references so far? I don't think so. I think the Ted Nugent one was the last one that I clocked and I grabbed what I could from the episode. We sort of brought them up as we went. 
Blue Diamond Phillips, Ocean's Eleven, Thomas Crown Affair. What else? There was Ted oh, Nugent, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. And there was one more. The Air Supply. Air Supply. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. They hit. Oh, they hit a ton during that episode. They hit a ton. It's eighties tastic, y'all. If you don't know, oh. like it's 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 a big thing for Rode Rodriguez. It's a big thing for Sean. But, I love it. Yes. Um. Also, I also went back and rewatched a lot of the like commercials for for the seasons. Oh my god. Where they were singing like Ebony and Ivory. Oh, pro- like the promos that they the did. promos those, those come later, don't they? They do, but they're so good. Oh my gosh, yeah, they did a lot of, I feel like they did a lot of Hall & Oates. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Private Eye most specifically comes to mind, but. Which makes sense. But, yeah. like I said earlier, I do feel like this episode had some inconsistencies that I'm not used to in the show. Between yeah. Best Man and us never really finding out what happened to him. I do know that there were times that, like, stuff got completely cut that was supposed to be in there and that's like mm-hmm. not uncommon with tv from what i've gathered yeah. there's a, there's a new girl podcast by some of the cast that's really fun and they talk about how many things get cut out and just like <laughs> maybe come back at the end and make zero sense but yeah i, I love the lou diamond phillips reference because he shows up eventually and it's yeah. very thirst trappy and i'm <laughs> so excited <laughs> <laughs> this episode really shows though um kind of like that beauty of the beginning like the beginning of the episode where sean uses those skills that henry taught him to be a better detective and the more that happens throughout the season the series like the happier i get but that was this is the first time that we really really see that besides like the hat trick obviously yeah and it's not it's like it's a lot of those like fundamental building blocks of like how he's going to solve crimes later, but it's also like things that are going like that happen to happen in his um, you know young history that are going to play into whatever happens in this episode or like how he responds to things in his adult life. So it's great because like specific just childhood experiences outside of like training by Detective Dad, they do come <laughs> up again. And um, there's, I don't know which episode it is, but I do know it's in season one where there's like a really good open uh, opening scene with Sean and it just, uh, I can't wait to talk about it. I, I'll save it, but I can't wait to talk about it. it I, it's coming up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't have any sponsors of this episode like we did during the last two episodes. So, um, <laughs> sponsors. Bum, 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 bum. Nothing. We'll just go with that one since that's the classic. <laughs> but this has been To the Blueberry. I'm Alexis. And how long does it take for a body to start to smell bad? And I'm Kaylee. The guy shook my hand like I stole something. <laughs> this has been To the Blueberry. Psych out! <laughs>